Welcome to another Patreon ad read brought to you by my Patreon page. My name is Adam, but you might also know me as Adam. Dude, did you just seriously rip off Blazing Saddles right now? That's so lame. It's so predictable. Everyone knows your fondness of that movie. Dude, also remember that other time that we were packing up from a gig gig. and someone that you met over ten times looked you in the eye and confidently called you Kyle? Kyle. It's so weird. But I'm not Kyle. I'm still Adam. And Adam has a Patreon page for this podcast. And if you subscribe, our spirits will become one, and we can fend off the evil. What evil? What are you talking about? Much like true enlightenment, enlightenment is defined as the full comprehension of layers, and tears you have to go through. Not like tears that you're gonna cry, but like tears as in, he's doing a bit. I mean, he's me, I think you should figure that out by now, but I'm doing a bit where I'm trying to make like a meditation album and try to like put you at ease, so maybe you're more likely to give up a fairly small portion of your monthly finances to support my art. Need money in the it would be appreciated. I don't mean tears that you cry, I mean, click the Patreon link, you, you'll figure it out pretty quick, you, you got this. And when we become one, you'll be granted access to a beautiful community. A community that's pure and enlightened and is granted early released episodes with ad-free content. Ad-free. No ads to constantly berate you. Remove the clutter. Where you're just at peace with me talking to audio nerds. Music nerds, nerds. and artists, artists, and really anybody, anybody. Yeah, have you gotten a load of this guy? He puts off this like, I'm a dark, artsy introvert, but you you give him attention for more than five minutes, and he won't shut the hell up. Won't shut the hell up. It's frustrating. But the key to ending frustration is internal peace by building a strong, connected community. A community that you could be a part of. I already gave you this spiel. I forgot about it. Yeah, twice already. Join me in my community. Gated community. Three cars. That weird gazebo thing on your deck that you're not really going to sit under, but it looks powerful and prestigious. People will respect you. Private Patreon community will respect you. I will respect you for being part of the private Patreon community. Think of something else to say. But sometimes we go after respect because our ego is tortured. We must separate the you gotta keep them separated. The bad part of the ego from us. 
But what I do know is that at patreon.com slash Adam C. Grabowski. It's a G-R-A-B-O-W-S-K-I. You will be presented with unifying information. Unifying was not the right word. Upcoming podcast guests. The ability to ask those guests questions. Bite the app. Not through your physical body but through mine because we'll be connected through a computer because you paid for the ability to tell me your question to ask the artist anything you want just don't be creepy or a dick we could move as one because you'd have access to a live streamed video where you could see my movements and then mimic them if you really wanted to. Curl your mustache. The path to true spiritual and emotional enlightenment is long, treacherous, scary, like Frodo's in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. The path to podcast enlightenment is really simple, like watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Always the extended editions, though. If you haven't figured it out yet, there's links in the description of the Facebook page, the Instagram page, and the description of the episode on whatever podcast streaming service you're listening to this on, if you're still listening. Are you? Still listening. Hadn't used the phone in a while. I thought I'd bring it back to end it. It was a, uh, it's a good bit. It's a good bit. I, I had a lot of fun making this. Uh, probably shouldn't let you know that I'm aware. It's a fourth wall break, really. But it's a good one, I think. I hope you enjoyed this. Hope you enjoy the episode. I don't. I don't. I. I recorded this before I booked the guest that this was going in front of, so we'll see how it goes. Alrighty. Ooh, fade out. Wonder what's gonna happen. Probably a podcast. Podcast. Cool. We have started said podcast. So <laughs> Fantastic. Don't know how to start these things. Don't know how to end these things. <laughs> but you're okay once you get into them, I guess, huh? There's the every podcast. The first ten minutes is really weird, and then you kind of hit your stride with it, and then it goes <laughs> for however long they go for. Yeah, like every time. I hear you. So, so this is this is part of it, though. Yeah, the real okay. experience. I don't. <laughs> The thing I like about like podcasts and like I think where virtual media is going is that when I watch TV, you know that like someone pitched this idea to a bunch of people and then all those people said like, well, that's not cool, but everyone else will like it if we do this really lame thing. <laughs> Whereas I watched on YouTube like 18 episodes the other week of a guy who just renovates like old castles and 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 
architecture. Yeah. And it's awesome. I don't know anything about it. I'm I'm never going to renovate a castle or anything of that nature, but just the fact that this guy is just like this is my passion, this is what I like doing. I I'll watch it. I'll watch all of it. Oh yeah. And my my wife watches she has a few different series on YouTube that she watches pretty much uh every day or every week. I, I know there's one guy named Brian Barchek who who uh raises snakes. She's a science teacher, has okay. a pet snake, actually right in the other room, but we'll be in her classroom. And uh yeah, that's and also like there's these New York City native uh homesteaders who like went and bought a farm and like their experiences, it's, like all daily stuff. And it's fairly unpolished, I think, but just a little bit of editing, a few effects here and there, but mostly just here's what we're doing today. Yes. So, like, I was slightly insecure of it at first when I started this thing. I was like, I need to make this seem like I'm not in my parents' basement. <laughs> when in reality, <laughs> I am in my parents' basement. Is that where? Yeah, yeah. I know the audio won't show this, but the uh, yeah, the wood paneling in the background is exactly what we had here in this room until this became my home office a little while ago and uh, a few months ago for obvious reasons. And you know, with you know, twenty twenty happening, and uh, and I actually decided to paint it white. So it's the exact yeah. same thing you're looking at. I just painted it. So, I there's a a white wall to my right that mm-hmm. I had I got a free desk from we were doing an audio install at a church and they were just mm-hmm. going to get rid of this desk and i was like don't well get rid of that desk but don't put it on the corner give it to me because i needed right. an actual workstation that allowed me to set all of my audio stuff up instead of like yeah for the longest time i worked like under my this little wing of the desk is just an old end table from like a 90s ikea computer like home computer station. So I'm like, I would be yeah. like hunched over trying to do mixes and working. But when I would right. podcast from there, you would see an actual nice wall. And then I moved everything and I did my first uh, podcast Zoom call from this angle. And I was like, this looks very much like a basement. That's okay. That's, I mean, you know, so that, 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 that seems to fit a podcast vibe better than like, if it was a TV show on network TV, that might not work so well, right. but podcast it's right at home. <laughs> I had a teacher in high school say like, just because you watched Wayne's world so much as a kid, like you, you running a broadcast out of your parents' basement won't make you a success in this world. And 18 episodes into this podcast, he's absolutely right. Hmm. There's a lot of time yet, so yeah. I mean, people are into podcasts too. So it's just an authentic thing. I feel. I mean, you can oh, get yeah. you can get pretty high production value out of it if you want to. And some do. Like, look at This American Life. Or, yeah. You know, a bunch of others that really have all the, the the nice transitions and things. But yeah, even some of the some of the better known ones are pretty straightforward. Just like we're setting up some mics, and we're gonna talk. I used like the first couple episodes of even this one, I would comb through the conversations and edit it if there was an awkward pause. And then I realized I'm putting like two and a half hours into effort of effort into saving maybe 15 seconds of a podcast episode that no one's going to pay attention to. Yeah. It's like when you're playing at a concert and you like, you mess up something, but it's not too egregious, but like you want to wince. Yep. But, but if you don't and you just keep on going, like 95% of the audience will have no idea whatever happened. After Aaron's set, 
I could not believe that people came up to me and said that I did a good job at uh, I mean, Homegrown Fest, which you emceed. So this is actually a pretty yeah. smooth transition into into topics. Look at that. Nice segue. Thank you. I'm not... Well, I mean, I just made a Patreon for this thing, so I, I'm technically a professional now. Oh, oh okay. Nice. Yeah. We, we step up. So. Don't know how to... Pr- I mean, I made a really tongue-in-cheek dumb video, but I just... I don't want to be the guy who just is just like, hey, money me. I feel like, <laughs> do, you, do you watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia at all? I haven't watched that. I mean, I, I'm familiar with the premise and some of the characters, but but yeah, I mean, like, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, one of the characters, his, like, uh, Charlie, his, like, backstory is he's, like, egregiously dyslexic. Hmm. So they stage, like, a cancer benefit thing for his mom. And she gives a speech that he wrote as my camera is, what the heck? I went really dark there for a second. He wrote this speech and the whole speech is just her up there being like, money me, money me now, me a money needing a lot now. (laughs) And that's what was going through my head the entire time I'm creating like tears for the Patreon. I'm just like, this is terrible. Yeah, it's, it's hard not to fall into that whenever it comes to like, you know, crowdfunding where like you release a new you know project you're just about to and it's like it's like hey check this thing out and like it's not super compelling but it's just like that's 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 what i want so yeah Yeah. can you just go ahead and do that please you can support me share this (laughs) there's a uh a hardcore band called the dillinger escape plan i think they they ended it but I was listening to an interview with them years ago, and I don't remember if it was their frontman or their guitar player, but they said in this interview something along the lines of, you're not, the price of your ticket isn't for the 45 minutes to an hour and a half that we're on stage. The price of your ticket is for the 22 or 23 hours we're not on stage and everything we have to go through to get on stage. That's kind of my mentality is just like the podcast will be free because it's just a conversation, but the back end mm-hmm. stuff that goes into it would be cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like uh, Ray Lewis from the formerly of the, the Baltimore Ravens hall of fame linebacker familiar. used to say, uh, what's that? Said, for, oh yeah. Me. Like I see the Ravens right in the background there. You probably know this. Like he, he was famous for saying, saying like, uh, like, you know, like I'm being paid for, for the work I'm putting in for practice, I'll give you Sundays for free. Yeah, (laughs) same thing. Same idea. (laughs) I feel that way about playing even the gigs that you and I play, is that a three-hour gig, no problem, but what has to go into the three-hour gig is a lot. Sure, yeah, like, especially if you're, like, touring, you know, well, back when that was a thing you could do. Yeah. um, And hopefully will be again, it's just like... I think it will be. I think it's just a matter of, of when. yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping so because normally I might have already been to like Canada and like the southern U.S. again yeah. since March, but it hasn't happened. Well, I know, and that's okay. I know Nick had to cancel his summer tour, which is a bummer. And I'm maybe yeah. you can settle this debate. Is that I bought this shirt before I was in the band? Yeah, <laughs> but now that I'm in the band, I feel like I can't wear this shirt in public because I feel yeah. like no one likes the guy who's in who wears the shirt of the band he's in. I mean, I know I'm just a hired like gun for Nick. 
Like he has his own cast. Like he has the other version of the trio and our version of the trio. But I still feel sure. weird wearing the shirt out and about. I don't think there's any problem wearing it out and about. I just want to wear it for a gig. Yeah, like I, don't I have like... some. Like I've got some Matt Wheeler and Vintage Heart shirts. They have, if you've seen them, they have this lion graphic on it. The mane is waves, and it tells the story of the old man, the sea. It's kind of a long story, but, um, but they're they're on these buttery soft Bella Canvas shirts. Yeah, I and, think that's uh, what these are, and oh my god. Yeah, aren't they great? And and so so I you know so occasionally I'll wear one of them around myself because if I'm if like like if I'm at the store or something, you know, wearing one of them, it's not like anyone's gonna know that that's me, especially if I'm wearing a mask, you know. So that's true. Um. But like I'll be, you're the guy from the band. But sometimes, like one of my strings players will wear, you know, a Matt Wheeler and Vintage Heart shirt. I even think that can be okay. But also, I think like, could I see like, like, like the Edge wearing a U2 shirt at a, a U2 concert? Yeah. Probably not. Do I think the Edge has a few U2 shirts? Probably. Yeah. Does he ever wear them around the house? Yeah, probably. I think if you're in a band, it's just required that you have a box of old somethings from your band because you buy yeah. 500 of them. And you're like, we're going to sell 500 of them. It's like, no. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. I try to keep the merch stocks down without going like way over. So I don't have like 5,000 CDs sitting around, you know, my house. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I usually get them in smaller increments than that. But yeah. But, but, thing with the shirts is like you know they can always you can always use a shirt <laughs> but true anyway i i think you're fine to wear it especially behind the drum kit and things like i think you'd be fine especially if you wear the nick the nick andrew staver shirt while you're playing with aaron and if you wear the aaron spans shirt when you're playing with nick Cross like i don't think there's any conflict yeah. there that would have been sp- i don't think aaron has shirts though aaron if you he, he might not yet get shirts well, if he, if or when he gets shirts, but even if, even if he doesn't, you can still wear the shirt you're wearing now when you play with him. Yeah, because like there'd be nothing wrong with wearing like you know, uh, you know, with wearing a U two shirt while you play with either of the bands, because that's that's like okay, you're just supporting a you know a band that you like. All right, if you like U two, fill in the blank. <laughs> I, I've come around on them. I used to there was when I was in high school there was a dude who was an even bigger hipster jerk than I who just one day was like I hate U two and I was like I hate U two. And now I'm like I shouldn't have hated blindly hated all these bands for. <laughs> Turns out they actually have some pretty good songs. There's <laughs> a do- lot of good bands that I just blindly hated on to seem cool, and that was a waste of time. Yeah, yep, yeah, I hear you. I mean, like you know, um, well, some of them, like you know, Nickelback has gotten to be one of those that you know you like 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 it's totally uncool to like them, but somehow when they play arenas like they would still have like an arena full they, of people i guarantee you not really sure how that works i just had this conversation because one of my buddies posted a thing on facebook and it was just guess a band that i'm into solely off of how i look and i was like i'll play along right. and everyone in his comments and everyone on my con like i got one nickelback thing and then i had to make the argument like yeah but i guarantee you with everything that goes into their shows and the amount of people that they're pulling per, sh- per show, each band member is walking out with ten plus grand in their pocket for one show. Like they're gonna make more in a touring cycle right. that I w- than I would in a year of pro audio for wherever I land up. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 
you know, yeah, they're, they're <laughs> they'll, they'll go gladly <laughs> take whatever scorn and just take it and all the And they write bank. songs about that's I mean, if they, how they played it, and people are like, <laughs> heck yeah. They're, they're the only band I know of who got sued for infringement on their own copyright, I think it was. You, you could look it up, but it's it was like, I think it was Photograph was like so incredibly similar to one of the other songs. I don't actually even remember why that's a problem because it seems like if you're making your own music, you've written yeah, it. Yeah, it's like probably some weird label thing. Do the same thing 12 times on an album. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing it was like one yeah, label like to one another of label. and works. My... My guess would be that there was a writing credit for a producer or someone on a former label who wrote the song, and then they basically probably through not remembering yeah. playing that song, wrote that, and they got, yeah. I thought it was just different enough. Yeah, I'm sure we could look on the Google machine and find out the details, but the point is, like, yeah, they're, they're probably yeah. still doing well, okay. Was, I follow someone... like. It was a musician on YouTube who did a playthrough of, I forget who it was, but just at the beginning of quarantine, they did a playthrough of their songs and they got blocked by YouTube. I think it was, it might've been Wes Borland. I think he did a Limp Biscuit playthrough. Oh, wow. And he got blocked. Yeah, because I might not have picked up that he yeah. was from the band. It's because... But... Yeah, well, we're talking about Nickelback and Limp Bizkit. We are really like 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 highbrow music stuff in this I, conversation. No question. I say it all the time. I'm I'm <laughs> a huge. I I like Limp Bizkit a lot, shamelessly, because I think they're just a fun band. Sure. Yeah. I, are they still making music? I haven't listened to them since about 2000. Yeah, they released an album. But... I want to say 2016. Why not? I mean, it's pretty much retro at this point. I mean, that was like, you know, we're going on two decades since that was like new yeah. metal was going to be the thing. But, I think it was just a childhood yeah, attraction because you know. uh, 2011 was their last record, but they still do stuff. Uh, that's more recent well, than I would Well, my thing is just like we talked about you 2 and the thing that I always compare is that like if, if you and I are in, we'll just say we're grabbing a beer, right? And yeah. Bono walks in. He's probably not going to be that fun to hang out with, but he's going to get swarmed. If you and I are in that same bar and say, like, Fred Durst walks in, we're probably going to have a cool story from that night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I can't say that that's something I would ever yeah. have seen happening. Bono, I don't know. Like, like he's, he's, <laughs> He's an interesting character. I mean, he's a stage persona, but if you read their book, uh, man, what is it called? I think it's called like okay. Bayou Two. It's like it's literally just like they did a like like hours and hours and hours of interviews about their whole career. Each each member of the band did, and it's pieced together to tell their whole story. I'll um, check it out. Yeah, I, I I think there'd be some interesting. Uh, I think if you could get them one on one stories in that, it would be cool. It would. Yeah, it wouldn't be fun getting uh, getting swarmed with them though. Probably like that that sort of thing might be fun once, but I can't imagine like you know, can't imagine being in part of like you know, in sync yeah. or something at their height or or the Beatles where just like the like you couldn't you can't go buy out in public bread without like getting swarmed. Yeah, that's why I like I like the tech I, side it, of things. Like because I if 
if I go anywhere as like an audio tech, I could work for the biggest act and no one, no one's going to care. Same true for people who are like mm-hmm. only songwriters. Um, you know, even if they perform some of the songs, like, you know, most of the people on like Beyonce's albums or co-writers with Taylor Swift or things like that, like yeah. most people have no idea who they are, but, or, or, uh, what was his name? Max Martin Sounds or something from... like, not, I got it. It's something like that. It was the Scandinavian guy who wrote like half of all the songs you ever heard that were popular in like the early 2000s. I think it's Max something. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank. That that YouTube book, by the way, is called YouTube by YouTube. I just quick found. But uh, anyway, yeah. um, Yeah, just, yeah, like not that super important. (laughs) But uh, it is Max Martin. Um, Yeah, there you go. Even though, yeah, he's Swedish. His name is actually Carl Martin Sandberg. But he goes by Max Martin. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like you look at him, you might think he was like Travis Tritt, but younger. But but he yeah, he could just slowly walk in and with the shirt on that says, I am Max Martin, and be like, uh, yeah, all right. Okay. He can just go about his business. And I'm sure he is rolling in dough nonetheless. Don't blame him. I I try to do this thing yes. where I just like it's like your art's gotta resonate with stuff, but also in the next breath, if someone was like, Hey, if you just write a three chord catchy acoustic pop song. You're taken care of for the rest of your life. I'm like, I will work really hard on this. <laughs> and have right, right. <laughs> no, no attachment to it whatsoever. Sure. Yeah. I mean, lots of bands are like critically acclaimed, but have like one song that everybody knows yeah. them for. Like Stacy's mom. But I heard that playing oh, somewhere yeah. I was Who- the other day. Uh, the Fountain of, yeah. Fountains of Wayne mm-hmm. song. I know the song. I was drawing a blank. And like they've got a lot of yeah. like, yeah, the band. Yeah, I mean, and actually, their lead singer Jason Schlesinger, Schlesinger, uh, passed away due to complications of COVID nineteen too. So, um, so I recently heard them heard them talked about. But yeah, I mean, they're one of those bands. Like they've got a lot of interesting and and fun and meaningful songs. But like someone's like Fountains of Wayne. Yeah. Oh, Stacy's mom. It's that band. It's like. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it still gets played. They're probably the rest of the band still probably doing okay yeah. from that. So I was you can uh, do both. listening. I was mowing the lawn today, and I was listening to a podcast um, of a bunch of live audio professionals because I'm just trying to stay up to date hmm. while I can't work about work. Yeah, and one of the guys filled in for Carly Rae Jepsen at like her peak thing, and he's like, "Throw, call me maybe in the trash." Like, forget about that song. And he goes, listen to her, the rest of her discography, because it grooves hard. And, like, yeah, everyone knows that song, but the rest of her stuff is actually really quality pop. So that's on my agenda for the day is to listen to Carly Rae Jepsen. What I would recommend as far as a place to start with that, not that I listen to lots of her music, but uh, um, are you familiar with a podcast called yeah. Song Exploder? That's yeah, the one where, you know, it's the exploded view of like like a, like a blueprints like where it has little dotted lines, it's basically that except for with songs where they bring the on the artist to like talk yeah, about it. Right? Of it though, but yeah, they talk about the origin of it and like how they like they'll have the stems that they yeah, actually I play think, parts um, of it. Um, I'm a big Slipknot fan, so I think Jim Root of Slipknot uh, were they on it? They've had a very wide uh, swath of of acts, like a lot of like obscure electronic acts, but also like. Big pop yeah. acts like Carly Rae Jepsen and and uh, 
like U2 was on there on an early That's episode cool. that I listened to. The best episode of that, I think, though, is one of the best, at least, is the one with the Long Winters, okay. the rock band, um, about the, oh, man, what's, oh, by the, the Carly Rae Jepsen song is When I Needed You, um, which is not one that I had ever heard of until I listened to the podcast, and it's like, yeah, you know, and especially hearing the story behind it, it's like, this is actually a song that kind of feels like it means something. It at least documents like a, you know, a, a yeah. period of her life in a way that's, that's interesting. Um, yeah, it's, uh, oh man, let me find the, the commander thinks aloud. It's, it, it, it was, uh, it's written from the perspective of, of, of the, uh, the captain of, I guess captain, one of the, the pilots of, uh, I think it's the space shuttle Columbia, the one that, that okay. exploded, yeah. like, um, anyway, yeah. So, it, but just hearing him talk about it, like, I w- it doesn't sound like like a premise where it's like that would be a really good yeah. engaging song, but like, but he tells all these interesting stories. Like, I think one of my favorites is they they called in a drummer whose name is slipping my mind, but he's a fairly well known like indie drummer, where like he came in with like a few just mm. a few pieces of kit and then also this like this like rusted piece of metal that he had mounted, yeah, <laughs> um, and. And he brought he had like one mic, I think he brought with him. And 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 he was like, Okay, go and play through the song. And like he he would play like yeah. a certain part and then he would move the mic like imperceptibly and then and then play this slightly different part. And he would do this like five times. And then at the end when they put it all together, like like like, like he he'd be doing a run and and it would in stereo go all the way across. <laughs> like like he had thought this yeah. all out in his head. That's the fun stuff to um, do. And so it, and he describes this. And yeah, so yeah, especially as as an audio guy, you might enjoy that. But honestly, like I've I've recommended that specific episode to a bunch of people, and it's I listened to it a bunch of times myself. It's it's a good one. So anyway, yeah, yeah, Sonic Exploder is good. Carly Rae Jepsen, to your original point, certainly re- writes some good, intelligent songs. And if you just stopped it at uh, you know Call Me Maybe, you might yeah. not ever know that. And that's a, so. that song did well. It's catchy. We all it was all on a playlist of hours at some point. You can't deny it. Sure, it was in one of my ridiculous pop song mashups. It was pop. It was in Pop Train Wreck too, as okay. I recall. Um, together, but yeah, like it's one of the things I tend to do, um, which I did in that Homegrown Fest when you saw me. But at a short set, yeah. Well, because you kind of just interleaved between sets, right? Or did you have a defined? set Well, time? yeah. So, so I I did, but it was short. I only played uh, four. Songs, I think. I think it was setting out. up for Aaron um, when you were playing, if I recall. Probably because, yeah, it was like I was hosting this block where it was uh, where I like introduced yep. Buddy Hart, and he played first, and then we played a song together, and then and then uh, you know introduced yeah. the J players, and then you, and mm-hmm. at the end of their sets, we did a song together, and then I quick hopped down from the, the one stage, stage to the, to the other, little uh, acoustic and, stage, uh, and then yeah. Yeah, which was thankfully only like five steps away from there, and uh, and then played like four or five songs of my own. But yeah, part of the idea of switching the stages like that was so that the next band could set up, and that would have been Correct. Aaron's band. So yeah, so yeah, that would explain why you wouldn't have like maybe so much been aware that it was happening. But that was. I remember you played Hallelujah because I quietly hummed yeah. it to myself as I was doing whatever the heck it was was setting up. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one of, uh, it's one, I mean, 
I certainly don't fancy myself a cover artist per se, although sometimes I'll do gigs where that's a lot of what I play, but Hallelujah is pretty much always part of that because even though even though pretty much everyone and their brother has covered that in yeah. the last couple of decades, I don't care. Like <laughs> uh, like people enjoy it, but I I do too. And and I, I pick out the four verses that I like the best. The fourth one that I play is usually, it's, it's a pretty obscure one. I've only ever heard Leonard Cohen himself perform it live, like on a recording. And then the other, the only other artist I've heard play it besides me and my band, uh, the one where like I did my best, yeah. it wasn't much. I couldn't feel, so mm-hmm. I tried to touch that one. Um, the other time I heard it was uh, in November of 2016 on um, the cold open for Saturday Night Live when Kate McKinnon as Hillary Clinton sat at a okay. piano after after the election, um, sat at a piano and and played three verses. And one of them was that that, that verse um, that was pretty unexpected. Think, <laughs> it's like, wait, almost well, no one does that verse. Just cover the Jeff Buckley version. Yeah. Right, cover of a cover sort of idea. But yeah, we do I a suppose cover so. Of a cover with Nick, like, so I, it's you know. Yeah, well, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, especially if people aren't, if people aren't that, like I don't think most people have when it really went back and listened to the Leonard Cohen version of that song, because I think if they would, they'd be really like jarred by what his voice sounds like. Yeah. They might not even realize what it sounds like. Like I heard there was a secret chord, like David played. In yeah. The like, like it's, it's we're super, super different than like yeah. than Jeff Buckley's or Rufus Wainwright's, uh, you know, from the Shrek oh, soundtrack, yeah. which is that's more the influence where I picked it up. I'm, but, I I like to do that though. Of I have a playlist of uh, originals and covers just back to back, so I can just hear what they do, and I'll put yeah. that on when people are hanging out to just see if they're like in tune with it. I don't know about you, but there was there was a bunch of times in in the last well, I'd say probably well in my adult life from about maybe twenty five to current. Okay, I'm forty now. Like where where uh, I'll hear a song and then realize, oh, I didn't know that the one was a cover. And this happens a lot with sampling. Like I was listening to the Stevie Wonder album. Um, oh man, songs in the key of life, and and pastime paradise okay. came on, and Charity is like. Like, oh, is this that Coolio <laughs> song or something? Like, you know, because because it is the, you know, been spending yep. most our lives living in a pastime paradise is actually what um, what what Stevie Wonder says. Um, like, I didn't ever realize until listening to that album some years ago that's like, oh, like he totally sampled that and then just basically raps over yeah. it. And the chorus is just like you change like a word. Um yeah, or like pretty much any Will Will Smith song from the '90s yeah. from a movie. Well, there's a yeah. uh, or or the Mariah Carey song, uh, the one that's the one's patterned after "Genius of Love." Fantasy, I'm maybe. Not up to date with I, my maybe Mariah it's not that Carey, one. I apologize. Well, I haven't been in a long time either, but yeah, I want to say I was somewhere pretty recently and heard "Genius of Love." Like if you heard that song, you would. It's an '80s tune by a fairly obscure band, and if you heard that, you'd be like, well, "Is this a Mariah Carey song?" And no. Like it, it was the original, and you know she sampled it. There was this uh, weird, anyway. weird thing in hip hop where Barbara Streisand is one of the most sampled artists of all time, just because when she had so much stuff getting pressed and it devalued so quickly that yeah. people that were getting into sampling and 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 the early stages of of, Beat of DJing with actual records 
they would just go into pawn shops or used record stores and buy her records for like a dollar and just mess around sure. with that. And I found that. Have you heard of it? Yeah, that that's interesting because Barbara Streisand doesn't seem like someone you would I think, think it was of just for that, but cheap, pretty and much available, and just the dudes yeah. were just like, "We'll Splice figure something apart. out." Right, I got this for a buck, so might as well use it. <laughs> the uh, yeah, the uh, the most sampled drum break ever is you ever heard of what the song called "Amen, Brother"? I don't remember the name of the original the original band. I'm reading a story about them, so it's called "Amen Break." Pretty much. If you ever heard of, uh, if you ever heard any '90s yeah, hip hop song, they they sampled it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and there there was, um, yeah, I think it was like some news program like actually interviewed the guy who played the drums for that. I think since then has gotten some royalties from it, but not like that's good, not on par with the influence and how much it's actually been used. But I know. Uh... My buddy Lenny, I don't think he's released it yet, but he did a cover of Sly and the Family Stones song that I'm blanking on, but it was the one that LL Cool J sampled for Knock You Out. Oh, oh okay, God. yeah. What's the name? Oh, I'm so mad at myself that I forgot it. But he did the full cover of the Sly and the Family Stone song, and you know you think the song's going to cut out, and then he did the first verse of uh, LL Cool J's song at the end on the recording. <laughs> and it's so that's fantastic. It's so is good. It, it, I was like, why haven't is, you released this yet? <laughs> is that a yeah. uh, trip to the trip heart? To your heart. Yep. Or, yo, yeah, one of those. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think it. When, when bands can do that, I think it that's fantastic like you, do you remember hearing the bare naked ladies song uh, uh -huh. brian wilson yeah yeah lying in bed just like brian wilson did well um apparently like brian wilson when he got back to like performing in some like the early 2000 well sometime after that early 2000s or late 2000s um like there were occasionally sometimes that he would cover <laughs> that song <laughs> which i thought like like way to have a sense of humor about it man <laughs> Uh, yeah, because it doesn't really the song doesn't really paint him in a super flattering light. So there's, but anyway, yeah, I, I like it's a fun. good cover. Um, my favorite band is a band called Thrice, and they, oh yeah, on the Alchemy Index, the green one, the Earth isn't humming is actually a cover mm -hmm. of this art rock noise rock band called Frotus. Uh, okay, really weird, kind of Fugazi esque but spazzier and mathier. Like it it, hmm. it doesn't sound as chaotic as Fugazi does to people who aren't into Fugazi. But there's a video of Frodo's sure. playing the song The Earth Isn't Humming, and they're like, this song's by Thrice? <laughs> so they're yeah, playing their own original, just, and they, they figured that's how people would know it. <laughs> as not their song. There's a cover yeah. of a cover. But it's actually ours. Of a cover. There's no way that's just a cover of a cover, but it's also an original. So I guess you could say that anytime you've had someone cover something of yours, like Bob Dylan could totally yeah. do that. Be like, this is a, this is a, this is a cover of a Jimi Hendrix cover of a Bob Dylan song. It's called law along the watchtower. Yeah. <laughs> if, if he wanted to, I guess. Maybe, I don't know. I don't, I've never written anything that anybody's covered. So, but I'm not really a songwriter. So yeah. 
I hear you. I like yeah. I like being a hired gun. I'm just like, I'll just play to your songs. Sure. Well, we need people who are able to do that too. You know, it's uh, my my bandmates are all fantastic at improvising. Um, you know, just you know, like like there have been plenty of times. I remember the one the first time I played like a extended gig for a few hours with uh, Caleb Brown, who's the violin player for Matt Wheeler and Vintage Heart. And uh, I think he only knew about ninety minutes of our music and and covers that we did, and we played for like three hours, but. It, I think I told him something like, "Yeah, if you know, if there's one, some you don't know, it's okay if you sit out here and there. That's that's no problem." But basically, I would be like, "Well, here's a cover, um, and it's in this key." So, like, I, I remember in that time we covered "Enjoy the Silence," yep. the Depeche mm-hmm. Mode song, um, and <laughs> I'm not sure he ever even had heard the original. <laughs> but I'm like, "Well, this one's an A or whatever key we did it in," and and you wouldn't have ever guessed that he. That he had there's, no idea. He just kind of jumped in. Good, good improviser. I feel like there's something in the collective unconscious of, of 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 the human race where it is way easier to wing a cover than it is to wing someone's original song. Don't know why. Because I've played gigs, hmm. just like I've played a couple gigs just as like this is just a cover gig and we have to play for three hours. Kind of whatever happens happens. We already got paid up front, so like don't don't suck but <laughs> it doesn't have to be perfect and we would just our front the front man is my buddy Lenny who did the uh, trip to your heart cover we're playing some like weird sports bar in like in the middle of nowhere New Jersey if I remember correctly hmm. um, and this is actually a really funny gig story uh, as I recall it but he's just like calling songs out I'm like yep no idea what that is but I'm just gonna play two and four Play it safe until I get the feel. And then he was like, that's the part. I'm like, oh, great. Oh, and yeah, I knew that. <laughs> drunk British chick who was all of like five foot one. And she was wearing this like frilly suit, but it was the same pattern as like Beetlejuice's suit. And then she just kept oh, okay. yelling out for us to play Alan Jackson songs and like country stuff in this nasally Minnie Mouse British accent like the whole night and she got really mad during a set okay. break where she's like what do you mean you guys don't know Alan Jackson and I'm like I yeah I can't help you <laughs> hey were you guys playing country songs no. at all otherwise nope okay so I don't know why she would yeah, we were playing like he's not like the most well known yeah. I mean, I know who he is, but... Also, how are you from England and you're in this weird spot? Like, it wasn't a populated part of New Jersey. It was just... Because my buddy Lenny lives on Staten Island, so it was like, you know, a throw across the the bay or whatever from from his house. And it was a fun way to make, you know, a couple hundred bucks for a weekend of hanging out and playing a gig or two. Yeah. But yeah, that was strange. That was weird. uh, Just weird... And not play yeah, Alan she was like, <laughs> I'm trying to think if I could name one. I, if I look it up, I'll be like, I yeah, I've I, heard that song, but I'm not a country guy, so. I'm sure, yeah, me either. Like, I, I'm, I seem to recall him having a song called www.memory, which which doesn't work as an email address or 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 URL, I should say, um, because it doesn't have a 
a suffix on no, it? No, he did uh, Chattahoochee. Way down yeah. yonder on Chattahoochee. I yeah. looked him up on iTunes right now. Didn't just memorize that. Do I just looked it up real quick? Yeah, he does have a song called www.memory, okay. which, uh, like, I, maybe he was not wanting to, uh, you know, make it like a like an actual like an actual URL that yeah. people would go to. Though that would have been kind of a fun tie-in if that was kind of like a oh Tommy Two Tone when they did eight six seven. I was actually going to transition to that because right. I went to. I went to audio school at the Academy for Media Production in McSherry's Town, and they used to have a location mm-hmm. and studio in Philadelphia uh, way back in the day. And when they were opening that yeah. location up, the number 8675309 was available for purchase. And they thought about pulling the trigger well, on it because it would be great for a music studio, but then they also realized that they would have to hire basically a receptionist to just... Be like, ha, very funny. Can we actually help you? Right, right, right. Because, well, now that you have to dial the area code, too, yeah. it kind of doesn't. But someone would have to put the, you know, 610 or 215 or whatever in front of it. But, yeah, I mean, you know, that'd be fun for some of the time. But, um, yeah, yeah, I, I can't I can't say that's necessarily yeah. a great idea otherwise. But, but, yeah, maybe Alan Jackson did do something with memory. Other than just the song, I, I really don't know. I think it's kind of funny. It's like, you, like you type that in, it's going to give you a four hundred four error because that's that's not a that's not a URL. We've, I think that was from early in the two thousands, like before, like when people were just getting to use. Let's see, what does it say here on the year? Maybe it doesn't. Okay. Two thousand exactly. Yep. So so it's like like I'm gonna write a topical song that's going to involve the internet, but maybe I'm not hundred percent committed. Like certain on how how exactly web addresses I know, work. I know so. there's three w's it's like yeah like but if i throw a dot com or dot net on there it's not going to fit in the song so we're just going to leave it like i'm that. not the most active person on twitter but i threw out a tweet recently where i was like man the entire bush administration really missed out on www.w.gov and that tweet did not yeah. do as well as I thought it would have when I posted it at 11.45 p.m. on a Wednesday night or whatever. Yeah, you never can tell when what things are going to take off and what things aren't. I mean, well, I don't know for sure that he didn't. I look. I that, think I looked right, it up. right, that would seem like... You would think that someone somewhere would have it, but with a .gov, it's probably more heavily regulated. But, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's... Uh, I, I he could still have it because I mean he's still a public figure, I guess. But yeah, yeah that that it's a good idea, a good tie-in. Good at marketing, bad at follow-through. <laughs> I mean, so I post a random facts of the day which every I, day on I Facebook, appreciate, which yeah. maybe you've seen. And then I feel guilty because I never yeah, remember. So like I always, it, I appreciate them in the moment, and then I try to recall them, and I just. Well, you just click yeah. on the hashtag random facts with Matt and you can just see as anyone, many of them as you want. You need something interesting to say at a party or something. Check or, it out. Because you did one about MC Hammer today, right? How he was the bat boy yeah. for. Uh, yeah. The, uh, oh, God. For yep. the Oakland A's. And I remember from back in the day, him like making references to the A's. Maybe some of his music videos, he was wearing a like an A's jacket. And, I, mm. and of course, he's from Oakland. But, um, but yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, apparently, he was told he looked like. Like Hammer and Hank Aaron, and 
So he so he kept it. I don't know that it's that close. Maybe when he was a kid, it was closer. But hey, you know, it 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 obviously worked out okay for him. But yeah, like I never really know when, like, like I like I'll I'll post a random fact today and be like be like I really love this one. This one's really amazing and great. And sometimes like it'll get like twenty likes, and sometimes there's ones like the one I shared. Uh, it was Saturday night for Sunday. It was about Dr. Lonnie Johnson who invented. He's a NASA engineer and scientist who who uh, I appreciated that one. Yeah, that cool. Yeah, like two hundred people like that. <laughs> it was a good one, but like there was one about. Uh, I think it was the one. This might have gotten more like forty or fifty likes, so it was a little more popular. But um, the the Hall and Oates one. There, there's there was a guy who. He was working for a company where, like, one of the rights of passages, you had to make an app. It was like a mm-hmm. tech company, okay. and it didn't have to be about anything in particular. But so he he made an app. Um, no, you had to make maybe it, maybe it wasn't even an app. It was it was it's a phone number. It's called Call and Oats, <laughs> and so so you so, so you call this number, and and there's this automated British lady who's like, "Thank you for calling Hall and Oats, your 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 go-to emergency Hall and Oats hotline or something like that." And, and she says like, you know, for private eyes, press one for, you know, whatever other song, just there's four different songs you can choose from. When you press the number, it just starts playing, you know, staticky through the, through the, the speaker, yeah. you know, you know, plays Sarah smile or whatever else. And it's like, it's like, it, it didn't really have much of a, much of a use, but it gets all these calls and it's just like, even still, and it's just like, I'm happy that exists. Like, there's not any particular reason it needs to, but I'm happy it exists. And so I shared that one thinking, like, this is a great random fact of the day. And it got, like, a, meh. Some people were pretty amused, and yeah. some just didn't get it. Whereas, like, there's other ones I'll share. It'll be like, oh, this one's okay. And, like, you know, ends up really taking off. And people are sharing it left and right. It's like, Your one okay. that stuck with me the most was from a while ago, and it was the one about where the salute. Uh, came from with the knights when they would have to flip up their uh, their visor to show their eyes. Yeah, their visor. Yeah, yeah. that is from a while back. Yeah, <laughs> so maybe, I guess we've been Facebook friends for longer than I realized. Probably from past I homegrown think fests it was, and other um, Gettysburg area stuff. I think I friended you right after Folky Fest of last year, if I remember. Correctly. Oh, that could be because I think. I just remember I was setting up a stage because I had just started working for the audio company that that puts that on. I remember overhearing mm-hmm. you like wanting to do a cover of "Hey Ya" by Outkast, and I was like, I, "Oh yeah, I hope that goes yeah, down." That... I don't remember if it did or not, because I, as the yeah, new guy, had um... to do some babysitting for someone on the crew who opted to not be the most uh, professionally minded that day. So I went from new gotcha. guy to like the guy and it felt good <laughs> yeah very quickly <laughs> you grow up fast that way i guess um yeah so um yeah that, that one yeah hey i was one that i've that that's one that's a cover yeah. of a cover um in like 2006 or something like that there was a, a band called obadiah parker that right. that covered that acoustic and i thought it was brilliant of course at this point it was long ago enough and obscure enough that most people don't recognize mm-hmm. that they just think of the Hey Ya song, which actually works that much better. Um, but yeah, yeah, like I'll do stuff like that. Sometimes I also, also have one. And I don't remember if I did that at, at uh, 
I might have done that one at Folky Fest, the but I don't think one? I did. Um, I don't remember. Yeah. I mean, I, that song is like a top five song for me ever, just because it just puts me in a good mood. And also, hmm. when my mom and stepdad got married when I was like seven or eight, that was the song that my mom and I danced to, which is just looking back, just a terrible song to dance with your mom with. When you really analyze the lyrics of that song, a little awkward. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, yeah, although the song has more to say when you actually like parse I it. I love the line when the he's just like, y'all don't want to hear me, you just want to dance. And me at seven was like, damn right, I just want to dance. And now as an adult, I'm like, it's clever that he just wrote this catchy song and Andre 3000's aware enough that he's like, people don't care what words are actually being said as long as they can like bubblegum the lyrics yeah, but but he still, in the case of that song, he still wrote a song that was like, like it contemplates committed relationships yeah. and and like how important they are, but also how hard they are. You know, uh, if what they say that love, um, nothing is forever, and then what makes love the exception? Like that's a pretty thoughtful yeah. line. Of course, it's 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 peppered with you know in the music video where there's like seven or eight under three thousands playing different instruments on like a yeah. Ed Sullivan style show. It's like you know. And you got the little the little clap 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 thing at, the, at each of the lines. So, you know, it's shake it like a Polaroid picture. There's a lot no, going is, on in that it song. It is genius, but, but there are select lines where you're like, "That's what's all right." Like if you were a fly on, like if you, yeah, if you were like an employee of 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 the establishment and you walk in, like at, at the right time, taken out of context, you'd be like, "This is a little weird." Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, it's well. All that's why I like doing is taking the songs out of context, like. Um, I, I joined something called uh, called um, Quarantine Music Video Club. Um, actually, I don't know if you know, um, man, sorry, I'm blanking her last name, Erin. She was she's someone who tuned into one of my online concerts, and then turns out she's one of the organizers of this club. And um, so basically, like, like, they have this list of songs, and you, and you choose yeah, one, and then I you just... I got invited to that. Yeah, it's possible I even would have invited you myself, I possibly. Think... I mean... But it, it, it it's a lot of fun and, and like I mean I know with with school starting again and with the other guy who the person who puts it together is a teacher and so he's not is that Kenny? Be, um, they're not like I going think he in, yes is like an old friend of my uncle and stepdad somehow like going way back like I knew <laughs> could well be <laughs> I'm 24 now and I want to say like I knew Kenny when I was like between the ages of three and ten. Like he was really okay, not like super tight friends, but he would always come to like bigger family friend events and like when my uncle would have like poker night and stuff. Like I, I sure, I know him, but if he saw me now, there's no way he would be like, "That's Adam." <laughs> right. Well, so I mean, it's it's super fun what they what they've done with that, and like I've you know, I played some more serious covers, like I did a, an acoustic cover of the U two song Sunday Bloody Sunday, and the Jump Hole Children song Cathedrals. But I think the most fun one that I did, well, it's a toss up. It was either the Ducktales cover that I did for Disney Week, um, which actually works surprisingly well in it for an acoustic song, and uh, or it was but the most the most out there one I did was um, like. It was, I think, the third week, and the the list was the first list was looking a little picked over. But I saw the LL Cool J song okay, "Around the yeah. Way Girl," and and I was I was I think messaging Aaron, you know, from the group, who um, 
uh, I think she one she or she and Kenny were asking like what song I might do for the next week. I was like, I don't know. Like let me look at the list. I was like, well, I kicked around a few. I was like, well, around the way girl would be kind of fun. I've been wanting to do a ukulele tune. Maybe I could work nice. that on ukulele, and I did. And it's like it's a, this this fun. It, it sounds more like something out of like vaudeville <laughs> or something. <laughs> but with lines like you know she's sweet like brown sugar with the candied yams <laughs> uh yeah and stuff like that it's just so it's so uh so ridiculous but it totally works like 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 when you yeah. put chords to it because there's otherwise like not chords to the verses like what at makes all a good covers if you um, make it fun instead of being the super oh, yeah. serious like we're gonna try to feel like this you know like freaking acdc did by covering an acdc song whereas like if you take a if you take a cover song and you make it fun in your own it's definitely Mm -hmm. the hip thing to do in my opinion sure or you can go the other direction like the civil wars did with Mm -hmm. billy jean where they they made it a michael jackson like a like an upbeat dance song in a minor key but they they you know make it this like this duo like harmony laden guitar tune and it's and it totally works you know it's the either way it's taking it out of the original yeah. context um which is pretty much what i do with all the the covers that i do you know it's just like this doesn't make any sense for white bearded guy to be singing in this <laughs> you know coffee house winery listening room venue whatever <laughs> and that's why it's fun like one of my favorites to do is uh is is a rick astley paul abdul right. mashup about commitment I call it never going to give you straight up. Okay. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's Paul Abdul, you know, like basically like talking about commitment, like, like, you know, straight up, not tell me, do you really want to love me forever? Or am I caught in a hit and run? And then, you know, but then, then spliced then in with like Rick people. Astley saying, you know, yeah, it's a live Rick roll basically. Um, but the, 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 the titles just fit together too well to, to not make it work. Like I started doing that because I was, I was, op- I was playing a house concert for a friend of mine who's Canadian and is not ironically uh, a Rick Astley fan. And, and so I was, I was going to cover never going to give you up. And I don't know why straight up came to mind as well. Maybe because of the names, but same era. And it's like, I'm going to make this in nice. one of my mashups, but it kind of like a conversation. So yeah, those are nice to throw in. You know, I do play the singer, the like serious singer songwriter, types of things of course but i like to I like to mix it up and have a little fun too. catch people off guard especially if it's in one of those places where people aren't necessarily Wait, listening that much get that one. or if they yeah. really are that you think they'll get the joke i do that with you um, know like house music so i'm the house audio guy at the majestic in gettysburg so when we have a mm-hmm. like a, a play or something in that i don't I don't super dig on plays as much as I do music. Like I like I like theater f- audio for the challenge of it because you have so much going on and mm-hmm. it's not oh, yeah. as instinctual for me. Like we're like live music. <laughs> always been a fan. I got it. You know, within you know, we all have our bad nights. But during house music for people to roll in, I try to make as many puns in my playlist as I can about whatever play or musical or what have you was going on i remember we did right. uh wizard of oz last fall so i had i had africa by toto dust in the wind by <laughs> kansas 
had Rainbow Connection by Kermit the Frog off of the Muppet movie. Oh, that, that's you've got to. Another one that you might not have thought of at the time, but also would have worked great as a fun tune, is the song "Tin Man" by Avett Brothers. I think I had I had one Tin Soldier by whoever did it originally, and because I was gonna put the Me First and the Gimme Gimme's one on. And I was like, this is going to mm-hmm. get too much attention because it doesn't fit. It's not a quiet vibe. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's it's fun to do that. Like, and if you're, So that way, if you're someone who's paying attention and you put it together, you're like, oh, I see yeah. what you guys did there. Like, I enjoy when there's little Easter yeah. eggs like that you know, that, re- that rewards the, you know, that yeah. you're actually putting it all together and My favorite what's going engineer on. and producer, in, as far as, like, studio stuff goes, always puts a triangle hit in a song on an album that he's working on. And he's like, sometimes it's 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 noticeable and kind of adds to the song, and other times it's just this quick little, like, ding, and I know it's there, and it's kind of just there for me. <laughs> so I do that with, uh, yeah. with a ukulele just hit or pattern. Not that I'm a great ukulele player. It's literally me, like, playing one chord at a time and then editing it all together because I'm not yeah. good with stringed instruments. But, yeah, every song I've engineered, or every album ep or if it's a solo song it's going to get a a ukulele hit it could be crazy affected and no one will know it's there it's it's buried in sometimes it's just apparent it's just a fun little mm-hmm. like eh. just it's a little it's, yeah. a, it's an easter egg like you said it's so when so when you go on song exploder yeah. about that then <laughs> then you can be like oh i don't know if you notice this but uh buried in here is this distorted ukulele <laughs> Like that's the sort of thing like they they pull out you know in Song Exploder and you're like oh like I didn't ever notice that was there. Um, anyway, yeah, I think that kind of stuff is pretty great because it shows shows some attention to detail. You just have to have fun with it too. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Which music's fun. I I I think it's pretty fun. It's a big part of the reason why I keep playing it. <laughs> That maybe not the only with, reason, but certainly one of them. Yeah, playing with Nick at Homegrown Fest because I hadn't played in you know five months or whatever. That was like the most positive emotions I've I felt more positive emotions in that forty five minutes than I had the entire March seventeenth or whatever through August day before. Yeah, yeah, that was August first, so the yeah. end of July, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. Yeah, it's. I mean, I've been doing like some online concerts and things, but it's so nice. That, like, I've, I've just started to get to be, you know, to doing some uh, some live gigs here and there. What'll be even better is when I can you know, start playing, like the listening room house concert type shows. I like mm-hmm. really well. Like I love playing so far sounds shows where they'll pick like a random location. It might be like a motorcycle garage or a bakery or a salad shop or someone's house, and you know, fill it with people. And they're there to hear whoever is going to play. Yeah. And you're playing to a full room regardless of whether they have. In fact, they don't even find out who's playing until they get there as part of So Far's deal. Oh, but unfortunately, cool. it's going to be a while before they can get back to doing shows. But that, but those are yeah. those are tremendous. I mean, I've, I've been up to Canada playing those, New York City, a couple places in the South, North Carolina recently. And I say recently, but it, that was January. It was this calendar year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's. Yeah, playing playing music where people are really paying attention is great. I mean, I played at a winery on Friday, and oh, it's nice to play songs. Nice to get paid to do so, but you know, it was mostly background music. You know, there were some nice people listening, saying Familiar, good things yeah. afterward. But you know, 
sometimes you take gigs like that and it helps, you know, helps uh, pay the bills, helps pay for studio time and things like yep. that. Dude, literally um, a year ago today, I played one of the strangest gigs ever. Yeah. And it, yeah. And I only know that is because I played it on my cousin's birthday, which is, to, you know, same day every year. Yeah, I'm sure. We played with Nick at Springfield Manor in Thurmont. Okay. Um, love, like, I, I love playing there. It was, one, it was just like, it was like 98 degrees with like 95% humidity, and we played from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. Oof. So it's people weren't really getting into it because it was just so hot but there was just one one dude in a, like i in a gray polo shirt and sunglasses probably 60 feet back from the stage just staring like this the whole time yeah i was like okay like no not like no toe tapping no head nodding we pack up because i gotta go from thermon to Someplace in the greater Baltimore area, so I can make it in time for my. Well, not in time, but I can at least be a good, a good family member, to my uh, my cousin Caitlin for her her birthday. Mm-hmm. And we're like packing up, and I'm like I'm saying goodbye to Nick. I got my backpack of like I'm gonna not wear my stage clothes that I wore for three hours outside and <laughs> right. change up in the bathroom upstairs. And I guess the dude's like wife or whatever showed up, and he's like, I don't know where you've been. These guys have been killing it for like three hours. <laughs> I was like behind him. I was like, "What? what you were thing? listening?" <laughs> I'm like, "Not one thumbs up. Not like no clap. Yeah, clap. Stone. Yeah. Like I don't know if we were so like it wasn't one of our better gigs. Like it was a we played fine. Like it wasn't the only reason it sticks out is because it was so hot and that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I you know there, there are times where where you think no one's listening and. Or or you play a super small show, but then it ends up being some cool things come of it. Like yeah. I, I was on Midwestern tour uh, in maybe eighteen something like that a couple years ago, and I was booked to play in Ann Arbor, Michigan. It was it was at this uh, it was like around the University of Michigan campus. It was the okay. Canterbury House, I think. It's like one of the actually one of the campus ministries. I think r- runs it, but they do like a dinner and they they host music like every week or every like it looked like a pretty cool deal that one of my friends told me about and so it ended up being me and two of the guys from there and maybe like i think five or six people like total um which doesn't sound great but but the audience was really good they were a lot of fun it was like you know playing just for some old friends and and it turns out that the one one couple that had driven in for for the show um it was their first date and they got married in i think october um, That's cool. So it's like, it's like, like I had some small part in, in helping you're, bring these two together. So, so Olivia and Dan, if you're listening, I hope you're doing very well. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, it's like that ended up being kind of a cool connection. I've stayed in touch with them over the years too. Um, or like, um, I had another example like that, and I'm, but not exactly like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, like sometimes you can play a small show. Oh, yeah, like I played a corporate gig. It was for Hershey, the chocolate company, mm-hmm. for one of their corporate events. And, and they paid me like a few hundred dollars for playing. So it was like... Corporate gigs are weird from an audio guy. He's like, you're paying me a lot of money to not really do much. Right. <laughs> like in my case, I was bringing my own sound gear, you know, the little PA stuff I had or whatever, mm-hmm. and set up in the corner of the room. It's like, well, I'm playing background music. And I thought that no one was listening at all. 
Um, and, but, but I was like, all right, I mean, I'll just come here, do my job. I was like doing like alternate versions of some of my original tunes and like trying mm-hmm. different keys and things. I got still playing well, but you know, it was, it was just something really different. And, uh, um, but like, you know, like, so I go to pack up cause you know, the time had come to wrap up and, and a bunch of people came over after I was like, wow, that was great. Do you have any CDs? <laughs> like, yes. And then when I, I had everything right loaded up in one of those little, one of those little hotel, um, like concierge carts. Yeah. Like my whole, and so I was like wheeling it out and like the gathering had, had whittled down a lot, but there were, there were maybe a dozen or two people in there, like around the bar that was in the back. And like, as I was wheeling my way out, like one of them, like someone noticed that I was leaving and was like, Hey, great job, man. Like everyone starts clapping for me there at the bar. I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm really happy you liked that. I thought I was kind of just like playing, like Did basically no if you're, like I was like practicing, you know, full run throughs of songs. And, uh, it turns out you guys were actually listening and paid me pretty well. So, okay. That we was better a, than I thought. Like you, you never know. No, we did a gig with Nick in October last year at a campground, and we played like the Inside Lodge. And at one point, we were playing to no one. There was one person in the room. It was the guy who put the show on, but we were playing like stripped down and acoustic because it was just a really small room. And he fell asleep, <laughs> like watching us play. Oh man! So mm. we just started kind of like messing with each other. Musically, like just throwing in like we weren't playing anything wrong, but like if the accent of this song on like of each bar of this verse lies on three, like I'm gonna accent the and of one, and I'm gonna play three reserved because it's funny. And then Mike (laughs) playing guitar would do something weird, and we would catch the vibe of that. And then like people would walk upstairs, and we'd have to like go back to kind of normal, and they'd get their like their donut hole and their hot water for hot chocolate and cider. We we went on our first set break, and Mike and myself and Phoenix were, were like, we, we took a step outside, and we were like, what is wrong with the music industry to the fact that we're playing the most, like, wholesome and, and family-oriented venue we've ever played, and it feels so strange and unwelcoming and unusual. It's just like a nice, dry, family-oriented campground. Mm-hmm. And we're playing like this is weird <laughs> so so did you ever have more people come in or were you basically just playing for the one sleeping dude uh we had more people come in during the second set and one of them was definitely like the over enthusiastic dad who wants to seem cool and he just kept yelling like play some acdc and we're like no play some dire straits I like them better than I like ACDC, but I don't really think you're getting the vibe here, dude. But still, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, this song's called The Over Under Blues. All right, let's go. Yeah, sometimes I think the people assume if you're playing a gig like that, especially if it's cover gig, that it, that it must be like you're a human jukebox. Yeah. Because sometimes people like, be like, it's nice to get requests, especially if it's one you know, mm-hmm. and then you can follow through and someone's really happy to have heard the song. But Right. But, you know, someone's like, you know, play Free Fallen. It's like, okay, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> you know, you're, you're you're not a troll. You're someone who's actually wanting to hear yeah. Free Fallen. I can play that for not, you. Believe it or not, I don't know every song that's ever been produced and written. Like, right. Uh, well, someone one time, it, I think it was like a, like a vineyard or restaurant gig, 
which those types don't tend to be my favorite, but uh, sometimes they're good moments. But yeah, someone was asking for the sound of silence. It's like, I really, really like Paul Simon. He's one of my songwriting, you know, influences and, and, and yet that's a pretty wordy song. And considering that I haven't memorized it, I don't have a sheet right here. Yeah. It's like, like I could pretty much do that line, you know, like the, the signature line, you know, you know hello, darkness, sound my own. of silence. Yeah. But like, that's like, that song is like a long poem essentially. And it's like, I can't just like pull this out. Like, like I can, I, I can maybe play homeward bound for you maybe, <laughs> Or uh, diamonds on the soles of her shoes, like. But it's like, it's like I don't have encyclopedic knowledge of every song that you might have in mind. Um, so yeah, it's tricky asking about requests because it's like, like could it be one that I know? And it's even better yeah. if you happen to know some of my originals and you want to request one of those because then I. But I like it when people yell out songs that are in our catalog. Oh yeah, shows the like you know I like the the affection and the appreciation that that comes from a genuine like. I don't know if you guys played insert one of your own songs here, but I would it would make my night to hear that. I'm like, I know, I know where you're coming from, because even when I go to shows, I, I don't yell out requests to the band. Like I'm not gonna heckle them, but there's always like we've always left a concert and been like, show was great, but if they would have played, whatever, that would have just taken it to the next level. Sure. Definitely, like the, but like, there are ways of tactfully doing that, short of like just yelling yeah. out, you know, Freebird or Wagon Wheel or whatever. I mean, like come up like, after uh, the set during our fifteen minute break and be like, hey, can you guys play? I know you play this, and I like when you play that. So can you play that? Sure, sure. We'll yeah, throw it you, in there. I think most acts are are happy to do that when they can. Like uh, one of my favorite bands, which it's kind of obscure, although I remember Aaron and Sarah were there when I got to open for them. It's it's a Canadian band called Great Lake Swimmers. Which, okay. if you haven't checked them out, I mean, I don't know if you like, you know, you know, music that sounds like like winter in Canada and all the good ways, but but it's but I'm they, all like, over the map, man. It's it's weird to pin me down musically. You you might enjoy their music, but uh, through some interesting circumstances, like I I had met their lead singer at, at one other show, just chatted mm-hmm. with him at the merch table or something, and then um, they were touring through. And they were playing in Philly, and I reached out to them and their management was just kind of like, you know, ask and you shall receive. Maybe <laughs> these you'll you know yeah. when you ask, good things can happen. And and uh, turns out like out with this like, uh, podcast, it's just what's that? Up. I said I'm finding that out with this podcast. If you just ask people like, hey, can you set aside an hour and a half or whatever to chat? Most people say yes. I got one no. <laughs> well, I, I mean, no. yeah. Yeah, like it's not like you unconditionally get yeses. I mean, I've had a lot of good things and like good gigs. It was and like we things checked happen. out your podcast. No, thank you. I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you know, fair enough. But you know, even if you get early. some yeses, well, with this Great Lake Swimmers thing, like I, I asked them and and uh, it didn't work out for Philly. But then it turned out they had something get canceled or postponed. I think in DC, like what would have been the next tour stop. So they actually reached mm-hmm. back out to me. Nice. We're like, hey, is there is it any possibility that we could put together a show for this one date? And so I'm like, uh, yeah, let me yeah. get on this. So I checked with Waldo's in Gettysburg. I checked with Telus 360. It worked out for Telus, and uh, yeah, it was great getting like just hang around with, you know, one of my favorite bands. <laughs> like, like I, re- I recognize it might be a big deal for most people, but you know, Aaron knew who they were, and he was like, this is huge. You realize what a big deal this is? Yeah. And and like they even like sang along on my song Indigo. But to to bring it to bring it back to uh, uh, to what you're saying about like 
like, uh, you know, I was chatting with them and, and I mentioned about like moving pictures, silent films, one of their tunes, um, one of their early songs, like, like, I'd love to hear that. And, and Tony, the lead singer is like, yeah, you know, that wasn't in the set list, but yeah, we could certainly do that. We'd be happy to play that for you. You know, it's, it's, I didn't pick something super obscure. It's something they definitely right. knew. Um, but it wasn't one they were playing to play like that. That wouldn't have happened that evening if it weren't for the fact that, um, that I asked. So, you know, like most of the gigs I've gotten a world cafe live, for instance, like I just, you know, asked around their talent, asked their talent buyer, like, I'd love to play your venue sometime. Do you have any, have anything you'd like, any events you'd like me to play? And I played a couple like lunchtime, dinner time type things. And they mm-hmm. started asking me to like, Hey, we have, you know, this act coming through, you know, would you be free that date to be the opening act? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I get it. I, I won't shut up about it, but I watched thrice from front of house in February. Cause I reached out to their sound guy, which was like, Hey, I also do live sound and you're better at it than I am. And you oh, yeah, the coolest band in the world. It'd be cool <laughs> if we could chat for a bit. Yeah. That's a great example too. I mean, yeah, like so many things, I think people are just like, Oh, well, that would never work. Like, oh, I could never get in there. Oh, yeah. this person would never get back to me. It's terrible to do it like day of. Like, don't show up like right as he's trying to get to work. Like, yeah, email oh, absolutely. Them a week in advance. Absolutely, yeah. And I've another thing I found that's you know like that's good for helping that you don't get starstruck in those sort of situations is if you find something else that you know that 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 act likes to talk, also likes that you like. Like, if they like yeah. fishing. Like start talking about fishing. Like don't talk about like you can talk about like yeah you guys are like a huge influence on me. But maybe also be like hey, you know, you know I saw I saw on Instagram you guys are fishing up at this this place. Um, or like with Great Lake Swimmers, I was talking with Tony about a band that we both really really enjoy. That's from Lancaster, The Innocence Mission. And you know it's like you know we just talk like like fellow music fans, and it's and it's yeah. cool. You know most musicians really don't want to talk about themselves. That's yeah, exactly like, what I mean. Talk about what they're into. Like I, I don't want to talk about me playing drums. I want to talk about like, oh, I found that like if I put this head on the top and this one on the bottom and I tune it this way, it works. Re- like, you know, real nerd tech stuff. But sure, that's yeah. far more interesting than like this is how I approach winging a drum fill in the moment. I kind of just follow my heart. Right, <laughs> right, and I think that most artists who are well known like they. Uh, like they're, sure, I mean they could genuinely be happy to to hear that someone's a fan of their music, but it's like it's like okay, hey, thanks, man, that's cool, I appreciate that. <laughs> but if you're able to actually talk about something else that you're mutually interested in, you could talk on like more the same level than just like 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 I'm a fawning fanboy or or girl, whoever you are, about <laughs> yeah. and and you know this is just you know like this is making my day and my life to meet you. It's like that's cool. I mean. But you can also get past that and talk about like, yeah. other things you, you mutually enjoy, or at least try to star- do your homework and find that. I had a starstruck moment in December. I went up to Buffalo because one of my favorite bands puts on a um, like a back-to-back night, end-of-touring-cycle Christmas party, hmm. and they did a beer release at one of the local like Buffalo breweries. So I went. I was like, I'll yeah. pick up two of the beers. Went by myself, knew no one, made a couple cool friends who just strangers like there was a dude like it was packed with every time i die fans at this brewery and everyone was talking about like from how far they came in and this one dude in an australian accent's like i flew in from melbourne and i was like you have a story 
I don't know anyone here. My name's Adam. Let's be friends. Yeah. You're the cool Australian guy. The front man, dude, just hanging out with the Australian couple. I got so many free drinks that weekend just because the bartenders are like, you're the Australian. You're hanging out with the Australian dudes. Like, this one's on us. I was like, cool. But no, the front man, Keith, eventually walked in. And I'm literally, the Ravens were playing the Jets. And I'm watching a touchdown drive. I have my beer. I'm ready to leave. I'm like, I'll leave after I see what happens. Throws a touchdown pass to, I think, Mark Andrews. And I look over and I was like, oh, shit. That's Keith, who's like a top five hero of me all time, for me all yeah. time. I'm like, oh, God, what do I do? So I just walked over. said, I just want to say thank you. Um, really looking forward to it and my buddy flaked on me and left me high and dry to pay for this trip by myself so can i get a selfie to rub it in his face and keith was like (laughs) absolutely (laughs) sure and then i saw him at the venue the next day walking like incognito like collar of his peak coat popped up like hood on hat out and he just looked at me and he just like gave me the head nod of like thanks for being cool dude (laughs) got it man yeah yeah i think you find most people who are like you know big heroes of yours like I'm sure there's some of them that are just total jerks, but most of them that I've met have been really cool people. Uh, I met Josh Ritter, who, like, if you look at my website or my business cards, it, it has a quote from Helen Light from WXPN saying, uh, basically, um, if you like Josh Ritter, listen to Matt. And so <laughs> I met Josh Ritter. Um, it was a VIP thing over in Philly before a show, and where you just have, you know, a few minutes to talk to him. And Josh is a hugger. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not right now with COVID-19 no. going on, but, but like, you know, he like hugs everyone has a huge smile on his face, just like on stage and we're chatting. And one of the things I mentioned was like, I was like, I wanted, since I knew I was going to meet you. I wanted to just point out, it's like, like, here's my business card. I mentioned, I talked about my band a little bit, but it was like, you'll notice at the bottom, it says, it says, if you like Josh Ritter, listen to Matt Wheeler. So I was like, so, you know, you're a big influence and you're on my business card. And and there's a, a picture of him like looking at it, like smiling, this huge smile. <laughs> like that's hilarious, man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, yeah, there there are ways of 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 relating to those people because they're they're real people just like you and me. I think I've met just working in in live productions and in the theaters that I work at. I've met enough people who are well known, and they should be cool, but they're just not. So I can yeah. kind of get a read on the authenticity of people or a performance based off of what I've seen from doing live stuff behind the scenes. Sure. That makes sense. And yeah, my, my dad-in-law, um, Fred McNaughton, who he does kids and family music, but yeah, he's like, I remember when I, you know, first was getting to know my wife and then getting to know her family, mm. um, back when we were just, uh, she and I were just dating, um, he would talk about all these these big names, mostly in Christian music, that he would get to me, and I was like, "Wow, you hung out with them and things." And yeah, like, but but even in that in that genre in that uh, you know world, there are plenty of people, many who are totally laid back and down to earth and just super nice, and some who are just pretty standoffish, yeah, um, or or worse. But I mean, I think that's that's just people for you, and especially mm-hmm. especially when they're you know. <laughs> When they've achieved, a, we've achieved a certain level of, level of fame. I'm sure there's like a couple of things. Like one, there's we could be too full of yourself to want to interact with you know the little people, or it yeah. could just be that that you're just so tired of like being in the spotlight so much and people like nagging you for things 
uh, that yeah. you just you just want to be left alone, which is kind of more understandable. I but... can understand that if you're doing it to like, not, not like be a jerk to the fans, but you know, the the fan girl mentality can kind of I imagine is very taxing on the a performer emotionally. Sure, but you just meet like certain certain folk who come through who aren't even like really even pleasant to the crew and it's like oh, right we're trying to just help you out man like right <laughs> don't yeah, yell no at me for, for standing like i'm supposed to be standing in this hall don't yell at me for being in this hall <laughs> twice right. in oh, a day like i'm working here <laughs> yeah although it is, it's always nice to find out the people you admire are genuinely just really cool people yeah as well yeah, like the, watching the, the Avid Brothers documentary may it last a couple of years ago, um, where granted that's not the same as meeting them, but you know there's lots of behind the scenes where you see like how they actually live and like their houses and their families and and they seem like totally down to earth, just like would be yeah. totally cool to just sit on the back porch and hang out with, like like have a fire pit just talking about whatever, <laughs> talking I about your musical to, uh, influences or something. Embrace that. I can be. It's just my own personality quirks. Whereas, like, in I'm good at like one on one conversations, like right now, but even yeah. in like bigger groups, it it takes me a while to kind of like warm up. And I don't want to ever feel like I'm bothering anyone. Yeah. And when, like, you know, like even at Homegrown Fest, it was just like, I think you and me were just like, simple, like, hey, what's up, Matt? Like, yeah, good to see you again. Yeah. Yeah. But well, I always. I feel weird like trying to start a conversation when there's a big group of people around because i'll talk forever sure <laughs> but i was like i really look up to dave Grohl because he like i was listening to an interview and he's like yeah like if you're backstage like i'll talk to anyone and he's just like i understand like we have to be on stage around eight o'clock but if we don't go on till eight eight oh five because i'm you know making this person's day by just talking to him for 20 minutes like you know, we'll get the pre-show warm-up going on. He's like, you know, and I'll make him drink a Coors Light and take a shot of a Jaeger with me before we go on because that's what I do. But I try to just get involved. Well, yeah, especially if, that. especially if he's conscious that he's, like, potentially making someone's day by doing that. Like, you know, yeah, when you recognize the platform you have and you're, you, know, you do your best to, you know, to, to genuinely interact, I think it's great. And I think the people really, in, especially these days where it's so easy to, um, I think people expect a level of access because of, you know, social media, media and things yeah. like that, where they feel like they know, they know people, but it's, it's a really one-sided thing. You only know the image of the person. Yeah. Right. But, but when you find out that the actual person turns out they're pretty cool, pretty cool people as mm -hmm. well, that's just, yeah, that's wonderful. So I was listening to an interview with my favorite skateboarder and he was just like, I'm not going to respond to your Instagram message that just says, Hey, but right. if you, if you, if you come in with an angle, like that will get my attention. So I'm yeah. not trying to always play an angle, but I'm always like aware of that. Which like, I probably don't deserve any of my heroes attentions, but if I can speak with them and just thank them for what they've done, I will try my best to capitalize on that. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Social media makes it easier than ever. And yeah, some, some public figures are really active on it and you can, sometimes you can tell it's really actually them yeah. um, as opposed to their team, you know? But, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean like, you know, I, 
I don't know if James Taylor was the one who actually tagged this, but I think that on the Instagram for him or something or you Facebook or something, it was talking about the uh, when when uh, at Yo-Yo Ma's uh, show at Tanglewood last August, almost exactly a year ago, um, the that uh, like the surprise at the end of Yo-Yo Ma playing all the Bach cello suites was uh, <laughs> basically he said like he was like um, he was like you've been so patient Yo-Yo Ma saying this. He's like, like, thanks so much for being such a wonderful audience. Um, you know, here at Tanglewood, we, you know, we're all about supporting young artists. Um, how would you would you like to, to? I was thinking of playing a song by a, that was written by a 21 year old. Um, would you guys like to hear that? And and everyone's like, sure, yeah, absolutely. And and they're like, this is by uh, by uh, it was written by a young man named Jimmy Taylor, otherwise known as James Taylor. And here he is, and James Taylor comes out from the wings and he goes like this, <laughs> like like the secret code. And he and uh, he's like, well, the closest thing I ever wrote to a wrote to a suite was Sweet Baby James. I think let's do the right thing and play this uh, now. And, but, so like, I totally wasn't expecting to, to see him play, um, but I was there. And so like, they were they were posting something a few months later talking about about that. And I was like, I was there, and it totally made my day and maybe my year. And and there was you know James Taylor's account at least. It got back with basically like like a thank you emoji, <laughs> and it was like it was like that's pretty cool. Or yeah. or like when I've well I cook one of the uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of Alton Brown, and like I'll cook one of his recipes from Good Eats, and okay, and I've had some times where I posted about it, and and so like give it a like. It's like wow, and it, that's one where I'm pretty sure Alton Brown himself is actually controlling it because he he seems seems to post a lot. And anyway, yeah, so it's like wow, that's cool. I wasn't expecting that, but. You know, yeah. So, yeah, there there's some ways social media makes that cool. But yeah, I think sometimes people sometimes automatically people automatically assume that they have access that maybe they don't. Yeah, yeah, like the whole like just people like unless it's someone you know really well. Like, why would you just lead a conversation with just hey? hey. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even <laughs> like, like doing that. Yeah, I mean that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean sometimes people will send messages to me like that, but especially if it's not someone I know really well, it's like hi. <laughs> um, That's why I. I, I mean, I did do like, we'd obviously bumped into each other, but I over explained everything because I don't want it to be like this. I don't want to come off weird. Right. <laughs> I feel like, I don't want to feel like I'm bothering anybody by asking them to come on and do the podcast either. Like, I don't, I don't want to give off the vibe like, I have this and I expect you to participate. It's usually like, hey, if you have the time, like, it would be cool. Sure. Well, I mean, like when you're asking for, when you're asking for, when you're inquiring about gigs too, like, you know, just a short, clear message, just like, "Hey, this is where I'm coming from," <laughs> and yeah. uh, you know, I'm I was gonna be in this area, especially if it's like this friend of mine mm-hmm. who you know or who played your venue is, you know, has had great things to say about it. I'd love to learn more, you know. And here's where you can find out about my music. Like people usually respond pretty well to that. You know, it's <laughs> there. There's so many ways to do it wrong, but I mean, if you just yeah. keep it simple and professional like that. People usually respond well. You know, you're just talking to them like people. It's like, hey, yeah. just especially if good. it's like, I can help you out, you know, with booking this night or I can put help put the show together. Yeah. It's like, I, like if especially if it's something where it's like, like, I can help you out <laughs> with this is even better. What you'll get in return. Yeah. Well, I mean, who doesn't like, the, oh, there's going to be, <laughs> don't you have to ask what's in it for me. It's just like, oh, that's what's in it for me. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Like so, when I hit up, uh, dudes who are above me in the audio game to hopefully come on this podcast. I'm always like, I would like to utilize this downtime to learn directly from you. 
because you know more than me. And they're, the couple of responses I've gotten back are like, I don't know when I'll be available, but uh, I'm definitely down to have a conversation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Ask and you shall receive. Exactly. That's, you know, that's so often the case. Um, and, and it's good to see it's working for you. <laughs> that's fantastic. You. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, anything else you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> I feel uh, like we just kind of meandered right through the the intro, right through about an hour and a half, and just somehow dude, I we're told already you, like <laughs> I, I said at the beginning, minutes twelve through ninety fly by because you catch your wave. Sure, yeah, well, I, I have no problem talking with practically anyone yeah. about almost anything. So, and you seem to be like, I, uh, the same way. So, I haven't done this in a while, and it's the whole theme of the podcast. We talked about it briefly, but I like to do an iTunes and Spotify playlist to go along yeah. with it. Um, and I, I don't think I've done this in the last couple episodes. I know for sure I haven't done this in the last four, I think, which makes me a bad host. But just off the top of your head, if you're making a five-song, 20, 25-minute playlist to just vacuum the house or drive to the grocery store for today, mm. what are you listening to? Um, Let's see. Good because I know you do occasionally on Instagram what's on your turntable. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. My turntable is uh, it's right back there. You can't quite see it because some stuff in the way. But, yeah, um, yeah when I, this is also my home office, and I found, um, you know, early on in the quarantine, I was like, you know, I could totally bring my turntable down to the office and listen to records while I work. Yeah. <laughs> so I've certainly been doing that. Um, yeah, but if it's just like five individual songs, let's It doesn't see. have to be a theme, just whatever whatever you were feeling for today so you'll we can go one and one where you say one i'll say one or you can give your five and then i'll give my five i think one and one's probably good because okay. because yeah like it'll be good for me to think through what i would include but but yeah okay so i'll start off with kick drum heart by the avid brothers that one just makes me happy okay my my folks love that song I I am admittedly not a fan. That's okay. <laughs> not dude, everyone is. <laughs> dude, and I, I I don't mean it as... There was literally one night where it got stuck in my head in a dream, and I think <laughs> that's why I hate it, because it was just for eight hours. <laughs> After a while, that if, you, if you're not really a fan, I could see that getting in, you know, kind of kind of rough. <laughs> it's just funny that you... Uh, you, you hit hit the ground running with that one. <laughs> I guess I did, huh? Because it gets and I I maybe I just don't like it because it's so earwormy. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's 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 so like jubilant too. And if you're not feeling that right at the moment, I could see that being an issue. Yeah. But yeah, maybe, okay. Maybe it'll turn. Uh, okay. So my number, my first one, because we talked about covers we enjoy. Mm-hmm. Dustin Kensrue of Thrice has a live covers album that he did, and he did an acoustic version of Wrecking Ball by Miley, by Miley Cyrus. <laughs> so, good. Yeah. so good. So <laughs> good. That's another one of those like incongruous, like out of context things that like that's also why it works. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, okay, so it gets back to me. Um I'm gonna go with the John Coltrane song Giant Steps. I've I've said many times that if I ever host a podcast, that's going to be the the opening theme music. Okay. <laughs> if you're not heard of that song, definitely look it up. In fact, the other day I was telling my wife about It'll that. It'll be available I, that, on a playlist for myself and everyone. So. 
Oh, absolutely. So yeah, giant steps for sure. That's a good one. Um, yeah, it's like I, the other day I was talking with, with my wife and I mentioned that very thing and I actually went and just played it on my phone, like let it roll through the mm. first few changes. And <laughs> I was like, I was like, like, hello, we're listening to Matt Wheeler and this is the Matt Wheeler podcast or whatever. And I was yeah. like, she was like, yeah, that could work. <laughs> so, so yeah. Back to you. <laughs> my number two, I just discovered this, not the song, but the performance. It is a, it's Tyler Childers and there's like a, something called Our Vinyl and it's just an acoustic session, but his performance of White House Road on that, on that one is so good. Hmm. Cool. So that's, that's, I listened to it like 12 times the other day, like in a row. Sure. I remember there being on the Quarantine Music Video Club, there was uh, someone had, had listed that. I think I, th- I think that was the li- on the list of songs. Either that song or it was definitely some- something else by Tyler Childers, who admittedly I'm not really that aware of. Like I'm, I'm aware of his mm-hmm. existence, but that's about it. So. Well, we we cover White House Road with Nick. Oh, okay. Occasionally. So that's how I found out about it. Oh, nice. It gets, it's just it's a good song and that performance of it too is just awesome nice yeah sometimes sometimes there's a live performance that just like captures something that even the recording doesn't yeah so very cool um so if it's back to me then uh let's see which one of these would i uh i don't right in mind um how about how about moving pictures, silent films, the Great Lake Swimmers song I was just talking about? Okay. All right. That's a, throw it, that up. That's a that's a good tune. I happen to like their live version with the full band a little better than the original. The, the original recording is pre- pretty good too. It was recorded in an empty green silo. That's what they did for reverb. Was they Oh, um, that's cool. Like they the whole the whole self-titled first album that was that was what they did. So they they recorded a lot of stuff in unconventional places. I like that. I'm a big fan of uh, that kind of stuff. I just like unique sounding music sure. more so than just your stock. Like, we recorded this in a perfectly isolated room with a eight thousand right. dollar German microphone. And... Right. Yeah, it sounds pristine, but without yeah. much character. <laughs> that kind Give of the vibe. I talked about it earlier, so it might be a cop out, but the thrice version of "The Earth Isn't Humming." Sure. It's been stuck in my head since we talked about it. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. So that'll be um, three for me? Yeah, that's three. Let's see. So I'm going to go with one of the instrumental tracks. from Because, well, especially I'm working, I like to, even if I'm vacuuming perhaps, I, I tend to like a lot of <laughs> instrumental music as well as like very lyric-rich music. Yeah. Um, there's a British artist named Jonathan Ogden not the, not, not the, the hall, left tackle, not the Hall of Fame left tackle for the Ravens. Although he's when people were sharing, like, so he's like a twenty, like late twenties British guy, white guy, okay. and and um, and so uh, like when people were posting that, like, you know, here's me ten years ago, and here's me now. Like he posted a picture of I forget which way it was, but it was like himself, and, and then, then of yeah. the left tackle. I was like, wow, things have really changed for me in the last ten years. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, yeah, he's from the band Rivers and Robots, but uh, he did uh, a project called uh, 24, which is uh, it's a it's a, a loop. Well, basically, like it's intended like like each each uh, he calls it a, a beat tape 
but basically each of the each of the songs um, is supposed to represent one of the hours of the day. So the one that's it's zero zero colon zero zero midnight mm-hmm. is is a good place to start. That's one of the instrumental ones. Um, and he does worship music, but a lot of this album is uh, is simply um, is simply instrumental and really well done. So I think that's one that a lot of people nice. would dig. There's a uh, a not so in my opinion a not so great comedian also named Adam Grabowski. <laughs> okay. Which is why I'm very adamant now to include my middle initial. That makes Some sense. Degree of so people don't think that you're him. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I went, I, I, before I went to AMP, I, I went, I attended like hack because I had no purpose or direction in life. And I guess yeah. at one point he was like doing comedy one night at the Harrisburg campus because someone sent me a text message like, what the hell's going on here? I'm yeah. like, yeah, I found that guy when I was in high school and I Googled my name and I just haven't been impressed. Because <laughs> I'm also a big fan of stand-up comedy and it just... But not, Pain, not that means me yes. that he ha- we share the same name. Oh well. Well, I'm sorry it worked out that way. <laughs> it's it's fine. So are you on the number four pick I'm for yourself? On I think number four. Uh, I'm gonna go off of the Muppet movie soundtrack, and I'm gonna go with "Can You Picture That?" Because I know okay. you're also a big fan of that. Because you're the only person to look at my right forearm and not make fun of me for having a tattoo of animal. <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge Muppets fan and uh, the Muppet movie is almost exactly the same age as me. It came out like the summer, like earlier the same summer I was born. Okay. And uh, so on my 40th birthday, I watched the Muppet movie and it was tremendous. It's still fantastic. Um, yeah. Yeah. Dr. Teeth and electric mayhem. Absolutely. Why One of not? The best bands ever. I mean, it, I thought maybe you're gonna go with Gonzo's songs. You know, I'm going back uh, there again someday, um, which That's I might have to title it a word or two off. But I'll yeah, be, that that, be, that that is a good yeah. one as well. But and of course, everyone knows Rainbow Connection. Moving right along, like, dude, I, you, if, if you, you weren't already putting a Muppet song on there, that I might actually switch that for number five, but I won't because because Muppets are gonna be represented, and that's good. No, you can because it might actually tie in because I was gonna cheat because. For when they redid the Muppet movie, the one with um, Jason Siegel. Siegel, the uh, have you listened to like the various artists soundtrack or the Green Album where a bunch of of bands covered everything? There's like Weezer on there, I think. Yeah, too. yeah. I mean, I think I've heard some of it. I mean, so, and, and that version of the movie was pretty good. It didn't hold yeah. a candle to the I, original. It wasn't a remake, but it was yeah. I mean, they, they did justice to, to Muppets, and it was, you know, they introduced one new character who fit in surprisingly well, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, yeah, I mean, so, moving right along is fantastic, um, but, yeah, I mean, I would I would say Diamonds on the Soles of Her Shoes by Paul Simon, for okay. a little bit more variety on there. Um, Graceland is an album I could just listen to pretty much on repeat, um, and, yeah, it's... Yeah, just fantastic songwriting. That particular one is, I would say, my favorite one from the album. It's just so, so like upbeat and happy, but like also lyrically so clever. Like, okay. you know, uh, uh, what's the one I was trying to um, think of all these other songs, wasn't getting the tune in my head, but um, where where he says, uh, um, um, 
the poor boy changes clothes and puts on aftershave to compensate for his ordinary shoes and things like this. You know, she was physically forgotten. Then she slipped into my pocket with my car keys. Like, like, like Paul Simon has these ways of like spinning like entire, like vivid word pictures in like a phrase. Um, and there are so many of them in that song. And meanwhile, like in the chorus, he's like, you know, I could say, ooh, 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 and everyone would know what I was talking about. Yeah, everyone here would know exactly what I was talking about. Like he, He's doing the like, Andre 3000 thing, but before Andre 3000. Yeah, like in the yeah. 80s. <laughs> so, so um, although, yeah, if you want to sneak a bonus, like, joint pick on the on the end of it, you could totally do move, Moving Right Along, because that's, that's such a fun, clever song as well. Well, that one's good, but on that Green Album one, one of my favorite bands of all time is Alkaline Trio. Mm-hmm the punk band and they yeah. covered moving right along on that comp and it's awesome <laughs> i haven't heard their version i was thinking kermit and fozzy but i mean i'll put yeah. both up i don't i don't it doesn't have to be five songs it's my podcast it's our playlist <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll end it with both and a bonus i'll go yeah. through in every song we mentioned earlier I'll it's the bonus tracks version <laughs> two hours of music I'm, I'm spotify is not going to like hold you to it being just five that was an arbitrary number so so yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, cool. <laughs> but well, hey, thanks for your got. time, man. Yeah, thank you. I uh, I end every well, not every episode, but I end almost every episode by saying, "Do what you love, love what you do, travel light, and don't be a dick." I mean, there you have it. <laughs> That's can't do much more than that. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, well, cool. Hey, I, I appreciate you reaching out, and yeah. uh, glad we could glad we could amusingly ramble on for. For an hour and change, or however long this has been, <laughs> uh, we're we're approaching. We're too. over an hour and a half now. Yeah, cool. Well, cool. Look well, forward hey. to uh, seeing you at a public function at some point, man. At, at some point, hopefully, like we're back. You know, hopefully, when people can actually gather and without having to wear masks and things. But it depends on how far crossed. in the future we're talking. Hey, even I guess. if we can gather wearing a mask, whatever. I don't. Well, care. Or that, yeah. Yeah, I, I know I'm playing, currently at least slated, to play a house concert at a Brett Rutter's place as part of the uh, the Tiny Basement concert series in October, okay. October 23rd. And I think that with that, you know, they have a small gathering, so, mm-hmm. and maybe even outdoors if it's nice out. Um, but, yeah, it'll be nice to, if that works out, and if it stays, if it doesn't get canceled like so many other things, then yeah. that should be a lot of fun. And it's kind of over your neck of the woods, that's... What Gettysburg, Carlisle ish? I'm in like Gettysburg, that. yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's in. I think Carlisle, he's Carlisle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I put those two places pretty much together in my mind. Um, my cellist lives in in Carlisle as well, but just that that general region. So, but South anyway, PA. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So, cool. Well, well, thanks again, and uh, keep keep on rocking. <laughs> you too. I'm gonna. <laughs> We shall end this now. All right. (laughs) That is all. (laughs) That is all for the podcast. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I don't. No, (laughs) I am not. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, like, one com- what jumps to mind for me is with my many tours, though not just recent ones, to Canada is I pretty much every time, yeah, literally every time, but men, most of the times I'll, I'll get poutine from one place or another while I'm in Canada. And that's a pretty easy thing to make, you know, where it's French fries and brown gravy and cheese curds. Like, it's so common in Canada, you can get it at McDonald's. But, yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, man. That, yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun and something fun for me to remember that I talked about like a year or two from now when I totally forget that that ever, this conversation ever happened (laughs) from that part of it, I mean. Um, But yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Um, I thought there was one of the... That makes sense. Yeah, just the first two to get started. That makes sense. All right on. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and uh, I can also, well, maybe Google Drive this over to you, the audio. Oh, okay.